John Goodwitch stared at the wall and wondered why anyone would not only invent, but also systematically utilize a cannon that shot cats out of it. The blood and sinews had dried to an ugly brown spider web. John reached into his coat pocket, a drab beige affair over his black t-shirt and black slacks. His red wingtips stood out as the only real color in his ensemble. He pulled out a pack of cigarettes, flipped the box open, and fished one out with his teeth. His fangs caught the sullen yellow light creeping into the warehouse and made the dim city CSI nervous. He lit the smoke and inhaled sharply. Cancer was a worry of the living. John Goodwitch shared no worries with anything living. John exhaled with a definitive conviction. The bluish smoke cascaded down his face and back up into the stale air above his head. Looks like the work of a ghoul. His sure baritone voice cut across the empty space and made one investigator eek in surprise. I swear you scare the shit out of them on purpose, John. Chief Constable Baroque oozed out of one of the warehouse's dark corners, snatched the cigarette out of Goodwitch's mouth, and unceremoniously took a pull off of it. John Goodwitch did not even flinch. Takes a big man to steal a smoke from someone that could snap you like a fucking twig, Baroque. Takes a bigger man just to shut up and light another one, you vampy prick. Baroque countered with a lopsided grin. John just smiled back, making it look painful, and got out another smoke, lighting it. Looks like a ghoul. You said that. Ghouls are tricky. They're little fuckers all high on paint fumes and think they're demons with enormous red cocks. They think Satan is talking to them through Iron Maiden records they play backwards. Thing is, they do the worst shit they can think up, and regular folks think there are actual demons running around. Baroque nodded gravely. Turns out it's twats? Exactly. Goodwitch turned away from the scene of the crime and made his way silently outside. His skin started to faintly itch as he stepped into the waning sunset. He shrugged it off, knowing in less than half an hour it would be dark and he would be fine. He wasn't a vampy prick, as Baroque had insinuated. John Goodwitch was a thing of science. He was an amateur scientist and professional police detective before a botched hit left him in his current state. He managed to shoot the mugger, a blood junkie, but he was stabbed with a hypo of what Goodwitch could only classify as really weird shit. Three days later, John Goodwitch died. Two days after that, he dug himself out of his grave. Without any family, John made his way to his home and his lab in the basement. He was surprised when he ripped the door from its hinges. After that, he noted, his post-mortem state would require further testing. He found that his increased strength and speed were due to his body constantly fighting against rigor mortis, his muscles pulling against resistance like taut rubber bands that refused to snap. After bribing a friend at Dim City General Hospital, a MRI revealed that without the need to produce white blood cells, his bone marrow had decayed and led to recalcification and inhumanly strong but lighter bones. Of course, it took days to reconfigure the MRA when he found out that the paleness of his skin would not allow him to appear in mirrors, photographs, or video surveillance. Weeks later, when he finally broke down and borrowed two bags of O-negative blood from the hospital, for scientific reasons, he assured them, he found the blood replenished his diminished proteins and allowed him sharper physical senses and sped up his already augmented healing rate. He deduced, with the ease of talking to a verdant medical intern into giving him more blood, that if he lowered his voice and focused, he could make people believe what he said. He systematically worked out that his new form exuded pheromones that made normal people susceptible to his will. By the end of his analysis, John Goodwitch realized that as a thing of science, the urban legends, the monsters, the creatures roaming the dark, must be able to be explained away as well. He set out, in his new unlife, 
to find the things preying on an innocent human society and bring them to justice. His quest had now led him to an underground heavy metal bar called the Meat Hook Hang. That was an excerpt from John Goodwitch. I'm Doug, and this is Mr. Wright. What that was was an excerpt from The John Goodwitch Files, which was a novel I was going to work on during two years ago's uh, NaNoWriMo, which is National Write a Novel Month. This episode is going to be about two things. One, where the idea for John Goodwitch came from, because I'm in love with that story. And two, failing at NaNoWriMo. There will be um, subsequent episodes in the next uh, probably month or two that talk about succeeding at NaNoWriMo. I weirdly wanted to talk about the failings at NaNoWriMo first. Where John Goodwitch came from um, started as uh, I was dating this girl and we were talking about how vampire lore keeps getting updated and the subsequent pieces talk about the preceding pieces as being complete bullshit. I think I've talked about this before on an episode where I read Fangs for the Drinks um, or How Much Blood is in This uh, Bloody Mary, I think was a working title for it. I decided I would do a new twist on vampires, which was to make them things of science, because I'm a person of science, not supernatural. And that's where you get the explanation very early on to explain John Goodwitch's powers, of his vampire powers, as science. And the girlfriend loved it. I loved it. It was a, a, a great character, still is. And I failed at uh, NaNoWriMo writing him because I'd spent too much time away from the piece that I couldn't hear his voice anymore. I, I didn't have a lock on it. I mean, I, I still have him in my head. Um, I think this year I'm going to work on finishing John Goodwitch as part of NaNoWriMo. But uh, two years ago, I, I just couldn't do it. The structure of the novel was basically uh, short stories as chapters uh, with an overreaching uh, arc that would uh, lead to some amount of uh, closure in terms of him fighting the big bad, and I think it would uh, it would have ended with something that he couldn't explain um, scientifically, which would launch into the next book, and him kind of downward spiraling because of that. Failing at NaNoWriMo, that's what I want to talk about now. Sometimes you don't have the time. I know I've said, oh, you make the time. Sometimes you can't make the time. Your word count falls behind. Your page count falls behind. Things like writer's block or one thing like not being able to hear the character's voice in your head and write him convincingly. And you're really just literally like dry humping. That's what will stop you on NaNoWriMo. Now, I'm here to say I have optimism that I'll be able to work more on John Goodwitch on the next NaNoWriMo. Now, whether I finish or not is inconsequential, actually. Um, I mean, I hope I, I hope I do. I don't think I will. But that's obviously the opposite of, of optimism. But NaNoWriMo is a chance for me to come back to older pieces. Um, and I'll talk a lot about this more when I read the Strangest Kindness excerpts about completing NaNoWriMo and it basically forcing me to write for a month. But, you know, John Gowich, I got, I think, another... Out of the, like, I think, ten stories, the ten short stories, the ten chapters, however you want to... Uh, 
look at it. I had gotten, I think I was halfway through the first one and gotten halfway through the third one uh, when I kind of lost footing. But I got one of the chapters written. And if I get another two or three chapters written in the next NaNoWriMo, I'll be happy. This episode is called Failing Upwards. And it's one of those, yeah, you fail NaNoWriMo, but you got maybe half your idea, two-thirds of your idea out. I mean, I have a skeletal structure for John Goodwitch, uh, the John Goodwitch novel. If I don't finish it, I know that I'll have at least put a decent, like, you know, chunk of it out into the ether, out into MS Word, um, and out of my head. And that's something that I can go, I'm proud of this. Um, whether it's polished or not, we're going to talk months down the road about unpolished work. I've actually just printed the piece out um, that I'm going to talk about on that one called The Final Frontier. NaNoWriMo, if you don't make it, don't beat yourself up. Um, it's really hard to write a novel in a month, um, pub, uh, uh, polished or not. I lucked out where, you know, I kind of cheated on my first NaNoWriMo and I'd already had half the novel written. Um, but it was the motivation to finish the novel. I look at NaNoWriMo as just a motivational tool. If I can get as much work done on a novel as I can, whether I finish it or not, I consider it a win. I know their rules, like it would be a quote-unquote loss, but I'm sure they'd be very supportive in saying like, hey, even though you didn't do it, you put a huge dent in writing a novel, which is a huge undertaking um, for any kind of writer. It doesn't matter if you're an undiscovered indie talent like me. That was a bit humble braggy. I'm sorry. Um, or if you're Chuck Palahniuk or Stephen King or Joe Hill or Warren Ellis or any of the other novelists you read. I've mentioned a couple of mine. If you get something done, whether it's a completed novel or not, but you put a dent in it and you felt that motivation, that fire of doing I've talked about on other shows, that fire of doing, um, to at least put a dent in your novel and get at least, for me, in terms of uh, the John Gobich stuff, getting a couple chapters done is writing like two or three short stories, um, which is huge. It's not a, well, I mean, it is a novel once you put it all together, but it's not like writing a novel like A to B to C to D to, you know, Z, um, the way that Strange's Kindness was. Don't beat yourself up. If, once again, you get what you can done, be proud of that. Um, and that's really what I want the takeaway from this episode to be. Even if you fail, you've written more in that month that maybe you've written more in three months, six months, hopefully not a year, but a year. And that's failing upwards. You failed NaNoWriMo, but you managed to write a substantial amount in your next novel or your first novel or your third novel, whatever it is. So that's what I want you to take away from this episode. This has been Mr. Wright. Remember, you keep writing, they'll keep reading. Right on. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacnpodcast.com. 
your home for almost bacon and banjo!